Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on JRoot Radio Live on Hey Shabbat. We're in the month of Shabbat, the month of Torah. As the Sfarim bring down, this is the month of Klal Yisrael. This is where the Mazal of Klal Yisrael rises as a constellation. Is it Li? Li is something that rises to the top. It pulls water and brings it to the top. And that is the subject we're speaking about, water and cleaning and everything that has to do with it, as we'll discuss today. So before we get to the actual class, let's first give you the numbers. The numbers to call in, as we usually recommend at the end of the show, is 718-683-5858. Now, to text in your question, and this you can do any time during the show, 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. And of course, jrootradio.com. We are in the Halakhot of Shabbat. Specifically, we learn from the book, the Benish Hai. A lot of the stuff that we speak about is not actually reading inside. We, we do a lot of things outside. It's still a Benish Hai class, so therefore, I, I try or we try to include as much as possible from the safe as for the actual book to read inside from the book on many of the different halachot. We're in the middle of the halachot of laundry on Shabbat. So we're going to do again, Hazara, a little bit of review, quick review of what we did last week. Last week, a lot of ideas, a lot of different things, a thorough explanation of these ideas. We can give you a little bit of a summary today and hopefully Bezat Hashem will move on. Today's class, you should just know, has a lot of practical application and I know that the, you probably might have a lot of questions so again I'm going to repeat the number 347-927-8398 if you have questions please text it in I could read the questions because I have the screen in front of me I won't be able to take phone calls because um, you know we have a lot of different things and to explain and I don't know if the question will be coming up you might ask a question that will be coming up anyway but if there's a question about a case that you think we'll, you know, we might miss, or you just want to know about. If we didn't write it down, as at the same, we'll try to bring it up. Okay, let's start with a little bit of review. Laundry is forbidden on Shabbat, right? Not only in your washing machine, as we learned, Shariato zehu kibuso. Even wetting a garment is also forbidden, and that laundry—that's what kibus is in halacha in Hebrew. Kibus is a tolada. It's one of the subcategories of melaben. And like we said, Melaben is one of the 39 Melachot. Now, the laundry that we're focusing on so far till now is laundry that has to do with water. Because just like today, we all know there's something called dry cleaning. In Halakha also, there are Halakhot of laundry without water. I mean, you want to call it dry cleaning. You could call it dry cleaning, just don't mix yourself up. Dry cleaning in Halakha has... Not nothing to do, but it's not exactly the same dry cleaning that we have today. But is that the shame? We hope to get to those subjects. I doubt we'll get to it today, but we're is that the shame? By next week, we should be into that subject of laundry without water. Now, when we're dealing with laundry with water, using liquid to clean a garment, and by the way, as a parenthesis, if water, just pure water, is an issue of laundry on Shabbat, kal vahomer, even more so, when a person is using, is use, is use, let's start again, when a person is using a cleaning agent, 
right? Which means if you're using like a spray, Tide spray, you know, they have those little sprays that, you know, clean the stains. Or if you're using powder to take away an oil stain or to absorb an oil stain, that's for sure considered laundry. So when I say we're dealing with laundry with liquid, it doesn't have to be necessarily only liquid. Any cleaning agent is also forbidden. Just liquid, even though it's only pure water, it's also considered isodorta. Now, there's three forms of doing laundry with liquid. We discussed them last week. We focused on the first one, which is sharia, soaking. We focused a lot on it last week with the concept called shariato, zehu kibuso. For full details, we're not going to repeat it again. Look at the halakha class last week. So that's one form of doing laundry, through just soaking, wetting a garment, without doing anything else, just applying water to either the stain or the affected area. The second way of doing laundry with liquid is the what's known as sahita, squeezing. I we hope as at the shame that we're going to get to the subject today and uh, try to speak as much as possible about the subject that we're able to understand, right? Because we can speak a lot more. I think I might get lost, and if I get lost, you don't want to get lost with me. So, and especially if you're driving, you don't want to really get lost. So, therefore, we're going to try by Zat Hashem to clarify what's nogeya, what's practical, what's applicable to this subject and to us as Zat Hashem today. The final thing, the final form of the way a person could do the isur of laundry on Shabbat with liquid is shifshuf. Shifshuf means, like we said, it's scrubbing. As we're going to learn probably next week, we just mentioned it a little bit today, is that scrubbing could also be possible, it could also be forbidden when done without liquid. We're right now focusing on laundry with liquid. So again, the three forms of doing laundry with liquid are, number one, sharia, which is soaking. Number two, squeezing, which is known in halakha as sahita. And finally, number three is shifshuf, and that is scrubbing now in scrubbing we mentioned last week when it comes to scrubbing the halakha tells us that it applies to all garments we mentioned that there's when it comes to sharia soaking something in water on liquid we mentioned that there's a difference when it's different type of material for example absorbent materials which means where the fibers themselves will each fiber will absorb the water and thus will expand from the water. That materials like wool, cotton, or linen, those, if you soak them, it's asubin hatorah. But when it comes to leather, we mentioned that this is a halakha mefureshet in the Mishnah. This is a halakha in Aruch as well. This is, you know, practical. When it comes to leather, there's no problem of applying water on it or soaking. And we mentioned last week, if you have like a stain on your couch... You're allowed to throw liquid on it. You're allowed to spray water on it. That's not a problem. Why? Because when it comes to leather, soaking leather, since it's not an absorbent material, it's not a problem. The stain only stays on the surface. So too, the water that you're spraying on it will only be on the surface. Scrubbing, we said, is a problem, even by leather. And Bezat Hashem, that subject, Bezat Hashem, we'll, we discussed a little bit last week. More next week on the subject of scrubbing. Scrubbing is also asur by non-absorbent material. Soaking by non-absorbent material like leather is permitted on Shabbat. We also mentioned last week synthetic material like polyester. And we saw there's a mahalokit. 
Is it like leather that there's no problem of soaking it? Or is it like cotton because some of them do absorb? So we saw different examples and we said the bottom line is that a person should be mahmir. So a person should be stringent. Of course, we're talking about something like in a polyester shirt. Even though some might say that it's not a problem to soak such a shirt. But we mentioned all the different issues that could come up with it. And we told you to avoid from it. And even those who permit soaking synthetic material like acrylic and polyester and all these different types of fibers, even those are permitted, will only permit it if the shirt is made from 100% of this synthetic material. It's 100% polyester, not only by the tag, because the tag will only tell you the actual material, but it won't tell you about the different um, st- you know, strings that they use to stitch or to put the pieces together. So if you know for sure that something is 100% synthetic, like let's say by socks, there's not so much stitching over there, there the post scheme, you know, some post scheme, not everybody, some permit soaking it. But like we said, better to avoid it for a number of reasons, but the one who does follow the, or he, he is leaning like the ones who are matir, he can't throw stones at them, just like he won't throw stones at the uh, Rav Neubert, the author of Shemirat Shabbat Gilchata, or of Shomo Zaman Orbach. You can't throw stones at somebody who decides to follow their opinion either. Next, today we are beginning now. This is all a review. If it sounds too complicated, probably you didn't hear last week's class. And if you heard last week's class and it's still complicated, oh, I didn't do a good job. I apologize. But I think if you listen again one more time, it should be clear. Let's go to today's class, Razat Hashim. We're going to now speak about another sort of material that we try to avoid a little bit because we wanted to, um, well, we didn't try to avoid really because just we ran out of time. So let's go. The question is, what about disposables? Do we have an issue of libun when it comes to disposables? Like, let's say, you know, napkins, paper towels, you know, the, now we're not talking about, I want to be clear here, disposables are something that you can use one time and throw out. You know, the cloth napkins that, let's say, you go to a chash of a meal, let's say there's a sheva brachas, or let's say you're by, uh, by a hole and the caterers over there put cloth napkins that you're going to use and they're going to put them back in the laundry and use them again. That's, we're not talking about that. Even if they're, that's like a regular, if they're made out of polyester, so it has a dean of polyester, which is a mahlog. If they're made out of cotton, then you have the, you know, it's 100% esu Torah. So, we're not dealing with that. We're talking about disposables, paper towels, uh, napkins, things that you can use one time and throw it out. And even things that are a little bit rough, but something like a bounty paper. Some people, you know, they have, like, let's say, the thick bounty. You know, the one that tell you like 400 rolls in one, you know, like it's so thick. And you cut them, obviously, I want to mention this also. They're pre-cut because to cut them on Shabbat is asur. We're talking about that they're pre-cut already. And now you want to know, we want to know, could you wet such a garment? Or is there such an issue of libun with it? Remember, whenever we want to know about a material, if it's subject to the issue of libun with liquid, as, and next week we'll learn without liquid, but let's deal with liquid right now. We have to run these three forms of laundry in our minds when we come to, the, you know, to, to characterize the item. So now we're dealing with cloth napkins. So what do we want to know? Is there libun by cloth napkins? Is laundry forbidden by cloth napkins? That means what? I want to know if there's an issue of sharia, soaking cloth... Uh, not, excuse me, correcting myself. Is there an issue with disposable napkins when it comes to laundry? So I need to know three things. Number one, is there a problem with soaking 
wetting disposable napkins. Number two, what about scrubbing? And number three, what about squeezing cloth napkins? So what I've seen inside is the Igrot Moshe, Rav Moshe Feinstein Zatzal, and Ibadela Haim Tobim, Rav Nisim Karolatz and Hot Shanim. And I saw that they bring in the name of others as well. Is that when it comes to disposables, when it comes to disposables, it's not an issue of Libun. Why not? Well, let's deal with it like this. Number one is that soaking them, which means if there's a wet spill or even to wet a disposable napkin in order to clean something, it's not a problem because what what are you doing? Soaking disposable, the whole idea of soaking why it's a problem because you want to clean the item or this is a derek of clean the item. Over here, Nobody cares about cleaning the disposable napkin. The opposite, the disposable napkin is made in order that it should be used to clean, to get dirty. So whenever it's getting wet, it's only getting wet because it's trying to become dirty. Because you, you're, it's either derich lichluch, for example, let's say your hands are wet, and now you want to use a paper towel to dry your hands. Even though you're soaking the disposable, but again, you're doing it but like we learned already, that's no problem. Even if it's 100% clean, so then you have the opinion to say, anyway, things that are 100% clean is fine, but even according to that, Ramosha Feinstein says, since people don't care about it, it's meant to be disposed. And even if you wet it so much, if it gets so wet, we're not worried that you can come to squeeze it. Why? Because this is what it's made for. As we'll learn soon, that something, even a cloth, even a cloth, if it's made, if it's made in order that it should be used with liquid all the time, we're not worried you might come to squeeze. So therefore, disposables fall under that category. Since they're made for picking up liquid or stains or drying things, and you don't care about cleaning the actual disposable napkin. You don't care that, of course you care that it should be clean before you use it. You're not going to use a dirty napkin. But if it gets dirty, you're not going to launder it. You're not going to wash it. You're not going to clean it. It's disposable. It's meant to be thrown out right away. So therefore, all these issues don't apply when it comes to disposables. However, however, I want to be, I want to point out. If you have liquid in a disposable napkin and now you want to squeeze out the liquid, there is an issue of sahita. Yes, there is an issue of sahita. Sahita means squeezing. Now, this squeezing, we're going to learn more about it soon. But for now, you should just know there's an issue of sahita. According to Rav Moshe Faisin, did a banan. Others want to say that it could be even assumed the If you're not so clear on the reasons, it's fine. Why is it fine? Because we're going to explain it soon. It's wanted to bring out the question and the answer. And it's important that as long as you know what the halakha says, it's fine. But that the same when we bring up the next question, we hope that this will will shed light in explaining some of the rules of sahita. So let's review. Disposables don't have an issue with libun. Most poskim, almost all poskim. I always would like to say the word almost because I haven't seen everything. From what we've seen is that they all said that it's fine. I've seen anybody that really is said disposables. Since they're going to waste, they're going to be disposed of. You don't care about cleaning it. So when it gets wet, it's fine. It's not a problem. It's not going to be, it's not something that you care about using. And also we're not worried that you might come to squeeze it either. So once we're working with disposables, we go on now to a most common question. It is a little bit related. And from here, we'll be able to learn a lot of different halakhot. The most common question that we get usually in the subject of the boon 
or something of squeezing on Shabbat is with the question of baby wipes. Can one use baby wipes on Shabbat? Now, baby wipes, even though they're called baby wipes, baby wipes are not limited only to wiping babies, cleaning babies from, uh, you know, from their diapers or dirty, you know, after the dirty diapers are removed. But baby wipes applies to everything. Could you use baby wipes to clean up, you know, somebody called in last week at the end of the show, could you clean up, let's say somebody, a kid threw up. He threw up in the bathroom, but he, you know, they're not such great target, you know. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like they're aiming for the toilet exactly, you know. When a person's throwing up, he's, hopefully he makes it at least to the bathroom. But that's already a bracha by itself. And sometimes they don't make it to the bathroom. But even in the bathroom itself, you hope that they get most of it in the toilet. But sometimes, you know, it goes around the seat, it goes around the toilet. So in this case, you can imagine, if you don't want to imagine, better not to imagine, but you can figure what happened. It's all around the toilet. Could you use baby wipes to clean the floors? Okay, another question. Could you use baby wipes to clean your shirt? Right? Yeah, to spot clean. So I'm going to jump. I usually don't like to do this. I like to do things in order. But I'm going to jump just because it's very simple. I'm going to jump to the last case we just used. To use baby wipes to clean the stain on your garment is forbidden. It is asur midde'oraita. Okay? One more time. To use baby wipes to clean the stain on your cloth, it's asur midde'oraita. This is for a number of reasons. Number one is because number one is you can be scrubbing. You can be scrubbing the cloth in order to clean the stain. That's scrubbing, everybody agrees, is asumidoraita. Number two is you're using liquid. Baby wipes have liquid inside of it. You're using liquid even to take just a regular water to put it on your fingers and apply it on the stain. We already said that's asur. Kalva to use baby wipes to use a stain on your cloth is asur. So if it's I, I really thought this was simple. I don't want to mention it, but unfortunately, people don't realize this. They're so used to doing this during the weekday that when they get a stain right away, get the baby wipe, it has some you know soap in it, and they clean. So we just have to, you know a little bit of awareness. People have to be reminded that on Shabbat, this is asur midde oraita, like we mentioned several times. To do laundry on Shabbat is not only forbidden to launder the whole garment, even as the Rabbam says midde oraita. Even a small string. There's a certain measurement that you will be obligated to bring a korban, man or woman. But smaller than that measurement, there's even asum na Torah, hatsis shaur is forbidden na Torah. Okay, so now that's pashut. We got that out of the way. You cannot use baby wipes to clean a stain on your cloth. Okay? What about now using baby wipes to clean a baby or to clean... Uh, I don't want to say the word, spill up, but it's spill up by whatever, dirt on the floor, on a tile floor. Good? That's a question. Okay, now, you know, I'm reminded of another thing. Yes, that is, um, baby wipes to be used on a carpet or an area rug is also forbidden. Whatever is forbidden on a cloth, if the cloth is on you or not on you, which is like a shirt or a jacket, or whether the cloth is on the floor, like a carpet, it's also the same issue. Okay, it applies to area rugs and things. If there's a stain on the floor, and it's very sad to see this on Shabbat, but you know that's that's the halacha. Let's say you have a nice white carpet, and it's your first Shabbat. You're so proud of it. Well, if you're so proud of it, make sure don't you know don't get white when you have little kids in the house. But anyway, it's all nice and looks like snow, and and your neighbor comes with their little kids. And they come and they take, they raid your fridge and they take the food out of the fridge and they go, not only they don't stay in the kitchen, they go 
to your dining room, to the white carpet. And of course, you're eyeing the kid and you're trying very politely to say, you know, get out of my dining room and living room now. But what happens before you even get to open your mouth? It's like the kid drops the something, the saucy food, that, you know, dafka the saucy food, right on the white carpet. So according to Allah, you may take a dry towel and remove it. Right? But you cannot take a baby wipe and clean that. You can't even take, you can't put even some powder on it just so that it'll absorb it that it shouldn't go into the carpet. That's the halakha on Shabbat. I'm sorry. It's not, I didn't make up the halakha. Don't yell at me. I'm just, uh, you know, a messenger. Good? Now, we want to know now, can I use a, ba- a baby wipe on when I clean the child? So in order to get into this halakha, in order to understand this, we have to get into the subject a little bit to the best of our ability, into the subject of sahita on clothing on Shabbat. We're going to try to stick in a little bit of the Benish High because it is a Benish High class. And we're going to try to, any relevant halakhot from the Benish High, which is really between you, Benish High in this parasha is almost word for word in the Shuhan Aruch and the Ramah, of course. So we're going to read from the Benish High when it is relevant. Instead of quoting Shuhan Aruch, Maran, we're going to read from the Benish High. Let's start with the source of squeezing. We quoted the Ramah a few weeks ago. And I'm going to repeat the words of the Rabban. The Rabban writes like this. Hasohet et abeged achayotzi hamayim shebo hareze mechabes vehayab. A person who squeezes out a cloth until the liquid or the water that's inside of it comes out. This is what's known as mechabes. This is called doing laundry on Shabbat. And it's hayab. Hayab means it's forbidden from the Torah and it obligates a person to bring a korban if it was done bishogeg and if it was done on purpose with witnesses, he's hayab mita. Very stringent. It's equivalent to putting on a fire. Why is that? So says the Rambam, sehita kibus he, Because sehita is one of the necessary steps of laundry. Just like when a person cooks, you have to stir the pot, move the eggs here and there. You have to move the food a little bit when you cook. And everybody knows that's part of cooking. And if you do so on Shabbat and it speeds up the cooking, it's Asur. Likewise, when a person squeezes on Shabbat a cloth, that's part of the steps. In fact, our laundry machines, our washing machines, when they do laundry on our clothing, that's what they do. At the end of the cycle... It squeezes out, it presses the water out of the what do you call it, of the of the garments before it goes into the dryer, and the dryer really that's what it does. So therefore, it is asur mendoraita. Now here's one more line in the Rambam that's very important. The Rambam says, There's no isur midoraita to squeeze hair. By hair, it's not relevant. Because, I mean, this is my, you know, I'm filling in for the post scheme, explain. Because hair itself doesn't absorb. When there's a concentration of hair and there's water inside of it, yes, you'll see that water gets stuck in there, but the actual hair fibers are not actually absorbing the water. What they are is that they're just storing the water. In order for sahita to be asumidoraita, it has to absorb the water that it expands, each fiber expands from the water. And get what we call it, get swallowed up in it. But when something is, you know, when something just gets stuck and it just held together, 
Let's not assume the Uraita. This is why the Rambam also says, Also by leather. There's no Isud the Uraita when you squeeze out leather. Why? Because squeezing out leather, you're, the water never got absorbed. It's just being like held together. So therefore, squeezing that's assumed the Uraita is only on absorbent material. Non-absorbent material, the Rambam says, it's like Se'ah, like hair and leather. It's not Asumid Deoraita and Mifashim, a lot of Mifashim explain, but it is, however, Asumid Derebanan. For, so for us, really, you can say, okay, anyway, it's Asur anyway. You're right, but we're going to see later on that it's going to make a difference when something is Asur, is forbidden in Torah because of squeezing or something that's Asur only Midderebanan. We'll see, we'll get to it later on. Now, another important introduction when it comes to the subject of Sahita is what the Rabbeinu, what the Rabbeinu Tam writes in Sefer Hayashar. Rabbeinu Tam writes that there's two types of Sahita, and this is important for one who is learning all of the Chot Shabbat and he wants to know about Chot Shabbat, that you shouldn't confuse yourself when it comes to the Sahita. We find that Sahita is forbidden in the Torah, but Sahita could be a Tolada of two completely separate Melachot. In the 39 Melachot, we have two Melachot that have a subcategory of sahita, which means squeezing. One is dash. Okay, dash means threshing, where they basically took the wheat kernel and they crushed the kernel, so this way the inside kernel comes out of the shell. And the other melacha is melaben, which we saw already is whitening a garment. So there is sahita, it's a sahita is a tolada of both dash and melaben. So what's the difference? Both acts are squeezing. That means that if a person, let's say in the case of squeezing grapes into a cup making grape juice on Shabbat, that's Asumina Torah because it's called Sahita. It's forbidden in the Torah and it's under the category of Dash. However, if you squeeze out a cloth from the water inside of it, that's a Tolada of Melabin. What's the difference? Why is one, what makes one a Tolada of Dash? What makes one a Tolada of Melabin? The answer is that we find two differences. Number one is, when it comes to dash, it ought to be a subcategory of, da- of uh, when squeezing is a subcategory of dash, it's because you want whatever is absorbed inside of it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a cloth and you have a big honey spill. It's a lot of honey spilled. Now you take a cloth and you wipe away that all that honey. And now you want the honey. You don't want it to, to go to waste. So you go and you squeeze out the honey from the garment. And all that honey goes into a jar. Okay? That sahita is a sunnah Torah under the category of das. Why? There you wanted the actual the, the, the actual stuff that's coming out. Sahita under dash is something that where what is being squeezed is being retained. You're keeping it. That's why, for example, when you squeeze grapes, right, you want what's coming out of the grape. You don't want the grape juice, so you want the wine. And that's asur midoraita under the category of dash. However, when I'm squeezing something where it's going to waste, let's say in the same case where I have a spill of honey, and now I wipe away the honey and I squeeze it out and it's just been going to waste, it's not a case of dash. I don't want the honey. I'm throwing it out. That's not a problem of dash. Good? Now, another thing that makes it a tolada of, you know, another difference between sahita where it's a tolada of dash or 
toldav melaben is when what you're squeezing out, the liquids that you're squeezing out is a cleansing agent. Lemashan. If you have a towel that has water on it, that has water in it, that's water is absorbed in it, and you squeeze out the towel, and that water, of course, is going to waste. You don't want that water. If you want that water, it'll be a problem of dust. But over here, you're throwing away the water. But being that the water cleans, yeah? So being that the water cleans, so therefore, this makes it a tolada of melabin. So again, there's two types of, that we find sahita from one that's a tolada of dash and one is tolada of melabin. And depends how you do it or what's the purpose of why you're squeezing something, it will make a difference of what kind of melacha you're doing. If what you're squeezing, you want to retain, so that makes it a tolada of dash. If what you're squeezing, you want it to be thrown out, but it's a cleaning, it's something that cleanses, it makes it tolada of libun. This is the source of the tolada, the isur of sahita. And again, we want to stress, this is forbidden midday oraita. Being that's forbidden midoraita, we can understand now the next category. And that is we find other forms of sahita. We're going to list for you now three things over here. And we'll speak about them as Hashem, each one in its right place. Number one is that there are other situations where it could be a problem that it could be sahita min Torah. What is that? For example, a person... Cannot even, we said squeezing, you know, squeezing, we all know what squeezing is, right? You take something and you're right, squeeze it. <laughs> I don't have a video in front of me, I can't show it to you. And even if I didn't, most of you are not watching. So, any case, squeeze it like you take a rag and you squeeze it, that's what squeezing is. But if you have something and you just shake it, right? It has some amount of liquid on it and you shake it off, that could also be a problem of sahita, or at least it could be a problem of. Laundry. That's not the same. We're going to talk about the details soon, but I just wanted to right now list it. Another issue of sahita is what's asur banan. Hazal, being that sahita itself is asumna Torah. So Hazal, the rabbis made a decree that we shouldn't come to the point of doing an asumna Torah, and therefore the rabbis made it forbidden for a person to handle a very wet garment, what we call a soaked garment with water, because you might come to squeeze it. Good? Again, let's repeat the two things. Number one is that it's the following possibly is Asumna Torah, a person who shakes off a small amount of liquid from a garment. Number two is the rabbis, Hazal made it Asur for a person to handle a soaked garment because it might lead you to squeeze out the garment. Let's begin with now going to the Benish Hai, back to the Benish Hai in Halachazain. If you remember, Aleph Tavav, we already did that. That all dealt with drying clothing. That was already way back. Now, then we went, we jumped to the end of the Halachod and Benish Hai to talk about Shariyatozi, so wedding garments. And now we're back to Halachazain. We're going to start reading from Halachazain inside the Benish Hai. I'm going to jump around from the words. So if you have a Benish Hai with you or you're listening to this and you're following with the Benish Hai, understand that I'm highlighting some of the main words in the Benish Hai. Benish Hai in Halachazayim, Parashat Vayichi says, HaMena'ir talit hadasha min hatal or min ha'aleha A person who shakes off a brand new garment from the dew or from the rain that's on it, Hayab hatat. Then 
he's doing Nisumun HaTorah, and not only that, he's Hayab to bring a Korban. Why? Shaking off the liquid is uh, it's exactly like doing laundry. Now, notice the words. The words that Ben Ishai brought over here are pretty much the words, not only of the Shohan Aruch, but of the Gemara. And over there the Gemara says, Talit Hadasha. Hadasha means new. Yes, it has to be new. And the ha- and so he brings over here the Haranim explain. Being we don't know exactly what's new, what's called new. Therefore, one should always be careful. However, says the Ben when do we say that when you shake off the dew or the water that's on your garment, it's an isumna Torah? That's dafka and aleha That's if you're very careful that you will not wear it without shaking off that liquid. But if you personally couldn't care less about wearing it with that little bit of liquid on it, so it doesn't make a difference. Even to shake it off will be, not be a problem. And therefore, you're allowed to shake it off a little bit before you put it on. And that's only, I'm going to read it outside because I'm running out of time. That's only if it's what? That's only if it's dark colors. But if it's white or red, says the Benish High, also again, it's not a problem. Good? This is one, this is the first part of the halakha. So let's review this first part of the halakha before we move on to the second part of the halakha. Basically, Benish High is saying, if you shake off liquid from a garment, it's asum in Torah when? When you have three conditions. So, squeezing, everybody agrees, that's asur in Torah on the, on the material that we said that is forbidden in the Torah, like wool, cotton, linen. Shaking off some of the liquid from a garment, not, not squeezing, just you know, shaking off, like the way you'd shake off a towel, or the way you would um, shake off your coat, you know, sometimes you get a little bit wet and you just shake it off. That could be a sumun Torah, if you're shaking off some rain or some dew on it, if you have all these three conditions. What are these, these three conditions? Number one is, it's a new garment. A new garment means, like Ben Shai says over here, we don't know exactly what's new, but something basically that still relatively new to you. It's still something that you care about. You know, things that usually you've worn after many, many times, you couldn't care less already. But let's say like a, a new hat, you care about it. A new, you know, a new a wool coat, you still care about it. After a year or two, I want to say a year or two, Dafka, but after several times, it already loses its newness. But when it's new, that's condition number one. Number two is, it's got to be a dark color, like black, navy blue, uh, some of the more yeshivish colors. But if it's something like a light color, white, beige, light colors, that's not a problem. Number three, condition number three is, you're a person, it's, this, is, this is, depends on you, doesn't make a difference what the people are. You, if you're the person that will not wear such a garment when it's when it's wet like that, you will never ever wear, not on Shabbat, not on a weekday, you'll never ever wear such a thing. So therefore, being that you care that you should shake off the water, so then for you it's Asur. Because for you, being that's new and it's dark, so then it's like laundry, it's just equal to laundry to you. Because what's, you know, today, we won't wear something that's not laundered, Right? And if you do care, if you don't care about wearing something that's not laundered, okay, you're in a different category. But you see that something that's already, you know, you wore it one time, maybe you won't wear it again. A shirt, you won't wear it again until you do laundry on it. So if this kind of garment is something that has this do on it, you won't wear it until you do laundry on until you shake off the water. So it's like doing laundry on it. 
it's like the garment that you're makpid to not wear until you did laundry on it. So for, for you to shake off this water from a garment that's dark and it's relatively new and you care not to wear it without the water, so therefore it's a sore for you. Okay. Now, you can say, okay, I care, but let me give it to my friend. He doesn't care. It doesn't make a difference. If he's doing it for you, that's also a sore. So, this is another example of, it's not really squeezing, but a subcategory of squeezing. That's also a sumna Torah. But this is sort of shaking off liquid from a garment needs conditions, not relevant by all things. Where as opposed to squeezing, squeezing applies to every kind of garment, whether it's new or old, whether it's dark colors or light colors, whether you care or you don't care, squeezing out liquid from any garment is asumna Torah. Shaking off liquid is only asum when you have these three conditions. It's got to be new, it's got to be dark, and you have to care not to wear it with well, when it's a little bit uh, wet. Now I want to go back to the Ben Yishai because we're going to get to the second halakha that we mentioned before. Ben Yishai says, this is all talking about that it has mu'atin. A little bit of rain on it. A little bit of dew on it. A little bit of wetness. But if you have, it got soaked, you forgot it outside on a chair and it rained overnight or rained during Shabbat meal. Then you remembered, oh my gosh, I have my jacket outside. And now it's soaking wet. So imagine your suit jacket. Or ladies, imagine your um, wool coat. You forgot it outside. Okay? And now it rained on it. So now you have so much water, it's soaking in water. Or let's say you fell into a pool of water. Then, you're not even allowed to shake off the water. Not only that, we're also worried that you might come to squeeze it. So therefore, that garment is not allowed to be handled. You're not allowed to pick up the garment because we're worried that you might come to squeeze it. When it's soaking in water and you don't want the water to be there, then we have, not only is it a to shake it, you can't even handle it because hachamim were worried that you might come to do an isodoraita of squeezing the water out of it. So practically speaking, you're sitting outside, it's a nice day in the summer, and, but of course in Hotel Ice in America and Israel, you don't have to worry in the summer that's going to rain. So you sitting outside you got a little hot you took off your jacket you left it on your chair outdoors in your backyard you went inside the house you took your Shabbos nap you woke up uh, in your Shabbos nap Baruch Hashem Baruch Mechayim Esim and you woke up now it's two hours later you missed it there was a crazy one of those summer thunderstorms that came you know and in 20 minutes soaked up the whole world like whoa what happened we'll put on the hose right and you see that your jacket is soaking wet now being that you care that your jacket shouldn't be wet so you're not not only you're not allowed to shake off the liquid from it. Of course, squeezing is asumin hatorah. Shaking off the liquid is also asumin hatorah, right? Because you know, that's that's like squeezing. That's for sure going to be squeezing it. But also, you can't even pick up the jacket because we're scared you might come to squeeze it. However, there are exceptions. There are exceptions when a garment is soaking in water, which is an isudor rebanan to handle. There are exceptions too handling wet clothing on Shabbat. There are three exceptions, but Zat Hashem will try to speak about all three of them. Number one is, when one has a reminder to prevent him from squeezing, we're just listing them right now. Number two is, if the cloth or the whatever got wet is a material, or even if you'd squeeze it, it's only assuming that a banana. And exception number three is, 
a cloth that one does not care to squeeze out. Let's explain each one of them. So let's take your jacket that's waiting, that's outside. Okay, so let's say let's say it's a wool jacket. We said you can't pick it up because we're scared you're gonna squeeze it. So what do you want to do? You want to bring it back inside though. Why? Because it might get dusty, it might get very dirty, or whatever. You just stop want to bring it. So we said it's pretty much muksay because you might come to squeeze it. But what you could do, the Mishnah says, if you have something that's very wet, you can't pick it up because you might come to squeeze it. But what you could do is the Mishnah says ten people could pick it up. Why ten people? Because each one remind themselves. Each one will remind the other person, make sure not to squeeze it. So you have like a reminder. But the reminder has to be not what you think is a reminder. And it has to be the way Hazal instituted this reminder. So therefore, the Aharonina have a question. When the Mishnah says 10 people could bring it in, does that mean literally 10 people? Is that the Takana of the Hachamim? Or it means that you need somebody else to remind you. This is a Mahlokit. According to the Benish Hai here in Pashat Vahi Pashat Dalit, he says, 10 people is literal. If you want to bring that jacket inside to your house, you need to go find yourself a minyan. You might as well pray minhan. I'm kidding. So you need to go find yourself 10 people. It doesn't have to be men. It can be anybody. It can be children. It can be uh, ladies. Pick up the garment altogether. 10 people pick up the jacket and bring it inside of your house. That's the Benij Hayat. That's also Tosefet Shabbat. However, other Ahronim, like Shminat Shabbat Kilchata, also Minhat Ahaba, they hold that, no, Mishnah says 10. It means just that you need a reminder. Two people, it's also good enough. You don't need literally 10 people. Like Mishnah was saying over there, there was a reason why I wrote 10 because of the different discussion in Mishnah. But really, even two people, as long as you have somebody reminding you. So two people to pick up. You tell your wife to help you. Or you can tell one of your children, help me come pick up the jacket. Not because it's heavy. I just need your help because that's Takanat Hazan. Two people can pick up the jacket and bring it inside the house. So what do we do? Do we need 10 or 2? Being that it's a deen midira banan. So therefore, one who relies on the Ahronim, you know, especially these Ahronim are a big Ahronim, so you could rely on them because safek banan especially if it's necessary, you're worried that something is going to happen to your jacket, it's going to get really ruined, for sure you could rely on the opinions and have you and one of your children pick up your jacket together and bring it inside the house. You can't pick it up by yourself, it's soaking wet. Even though you know you're not going to squeeze it. That's a sur banan to pick up the garment when it's soaking wet. Next, exception number two to the gzirah of the hachamim, that something that's soaking wet, you cannot pick it up. So we mentioned uh, your wool jacket. But if it's something where even if you'd squeeze it, the sur will only be midira banan. Remember before we mentioned that there are certain things that are only assumed midira banan when you squeeze them. For example, leather. So let's say it's your leather jacket outside and it got soaking wet. So now let's say you'd actually take the leather and squeeze it. We saw the Rambam says it's not assumed Torah. It's so therefore, the rule is the halchamim when they made a gizera, unless there's a special exception. In general, the gizera is only to prevent you from doing an isud de oraita. But hakamim did not make a gizera to prevent you from doing an isud de rabanan. Being that squeezing a wool suit is asumna Torah, so hakamim made a gizera, made a decree not to allow you to carry it by yourself, you need other people to remind you. But in a case where it's um, only, as, let's say it's, it would be a leather jacket, it's only as 
How come he did not feel the need to make a gezera over here? So therefore, you can pick it up by yourself and bring it inside. Another example, besides your leather jacket, let's say I give you a practical halakha case. Let's say you have your shena coat. That's nylon. So if it's sweat and it was left outside, you're allowed to bring it inside. Even if you're not planning to use it, you just want to bring it inside, that's mutar. Even if it's soaking wet, we're not worried because it's nylon. We're, even if you squeeze it, it'll only be asundirbanan. To squeeze it or not, that's already a different discussion. But even if you squeeze it, it's not a problem. Also, if you have sponges that are, you know, or washing cloth, you know, the ones that are made out of nylon. Nylon sponges or cloth, even if they're soaking wet, you're allowed to pick it up and move it. We're not worried that you come to squeeze it. Why? Because it's gizirah, gizirah. Of course, you cannot squeeze it because of other issues. But still, you are allowed to handle it. It's not mukseh, even if it's soaking wet. So again, anything that if when squeezed, it'll be only asumed that a banan. When they're soaking wet, even one person's allowed to handle it. They're not mukseh. Just got to be careful not to squeeze it along the way. The third exception that we mentioned for the isur midrabanan of handling things is when I'm not worried that you might come to do sahita because the item itself, you don't care to either squeeze it to clean it or because it's made for such an item, for such a such a purpose. I'll give you an example. Maran brings down Saman Shinyutit in Chot of Borer that if you have drinkable water, you can drink it. Now you want to filter it just because uh, you're a little bit finicky, more than regular people. Most people would drink this water, so now you want to filter it. So now Maran says you're allowed to pour that water through a cloth that's made for filtering. Ah, uh, you're wetting the cloth. And even if you want to tell me now, not an issue of because but if you're wearing the cloth, why don't you wear that you might come to squeeze that cloth filter? And the answer is, the reason why we're not worried that you might come to squeeze it, you know why? Because it's made for that purpose. It's made for filtering. So since it's being, being made for filtering, we're not worried that you come to squeeze it. So once we have this rule, that anything that's made for that purpose we could go back to other cases. So let's take a rag. A rag is made to clean up spills. So if I have spills, I could use a rag to clean up the spill. I'm not worried that maybe I'm going to come to squeeze it because it's made for that. It's made for that purpose of picking up spills. So I'm not worried that I'm going to come to squeeze out the water. When was the last time you used a rag and you squeeze it? Oh, you know when? When there's a big spill. Okay, so big spills is asur. If you have a big spill, for example, I remember when we first moved into the house, we had a whole issue. We couldn't figure out the shower door. And every time somebody took a shower, we had like a whole flood on the floor. So every time we used rags and whatever, you know, we, we wanted to use the same rags over and over again. So we always squeezed out the water after every shower. We used a rag, picked up all the water, then squeezed out the water and used it again. So if it's such a big spill that a person is you know, usually would squeeze at the rag or whatever it is, so then it's going to be an issue. But otherwise, if it's something that you usually will not squeeze at, if it's made for such a purpose, and you're not going to squeeze it out because that's what it's made for, you're allowed to handle it. It's not a problem, Mukseh. Now, with that, let's come back now to our question on baby wipes, so the few minutes that we have left. Can one use baby wipes on Shabbat? So, in the Halakha, there are different approaches, and we're going to, based on what we learned, let's see how we're going to rule. So one, one opinion says, so let's see, it's made for cleaning, right? 
So, but at the same time, you have an issue because it has a liquid inside of it, and you want to squeeze out the liquid because you want that liquid on the on the, on you know to clean up the spill, or you want that liquid on the child. So maybe it should be asur because of sahita, not the sahita of melabin, but the sahita of dash, because I want the liquid to come out of it. That's one opinion. Another opinion says, no, the opposite. If it's very wet, it's better. Because I have excess water on top of it. There's no need for me to squeeze. And I'm not going to squeeze to clean the, the, the baby wipe. It's made to be disposed, made to be thrown out. So there's no need for me to squeeze out. And the excess water that's on top of it, I could just apply that to the child without having to squeeze the water from inside of the baby wipe onto the child. And then there's another opinion that says, it's only... It's only okay to use baby wipes if they're not so wet on Shabbat. This way you won't come to squeeze them. So what do you do? And what's called very wet? You know, we're talking here on live radio. There's nothing in front of us. And if we have something in front of us and there are thousands of different companies and which one is... So practically, let me tell you like this about that before we get, we go. Number one is make sure the baby wipes are not baby wipes that you have to rip on Shabbat. If you have to rip them on Shabbat, that's a surah. So let's say they don't have you don't have to rip them and they're or they're pre-cut. The best thing to avoid all problems is what the Ahrani bring down, spray a little bit of water, let's say, on the child, or take some water just with your hand and like you know, spill it on the child. This way you don't need the liquid that's inside the baby wipe. The only reason why you're using the baby wipe with the liquid inside of it is because it's smoother. It's also rougher than a regular napkin. If you wear the regular napkin, it usually breaks apart. This, the baby wipe stays whole and intact and it doesn't break apart and doesn't get your hands dirty. So therefore, if you spill a little bit of water, clearly you won't need now the water that's inside of the baby wipe to come out. You avoid all problems no matter how wet your baby wipe is. At the same time, make sure you don't squeeze out the baby wipe because, you know, because especially if you really need it because then it's going to be a problem. So that would be the best approach to using baby wipes when using it on the child. Now, when it comes to cleaning the floors, it's the same issue. You could clean the floor, just make sure you don't squeeze too tight on the baby wipe to squeeze out the liquid from the baby wipe. And you can wipe away the spills, you can wipe away the floors. And let's remember, this is only on tile or wood floors or plastic surfaces. If it's on a carpet that's cloth, or if it's on your own clothing, it is asur min Torah to use baby wipes to clean any stains or any dirt. Why? Because of the problem shariato zehukibuso. I hope we were able to clarify this halakha well. We have to sign off now. We want to thank Iran and Avnisim. This class will be aired on again, hopefully, tonight. I'll remind them this week. And whoever has questions, you could call in 718-683-5858 or you could text in at Nine three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Till then, have a wonderful week and a Shabbat Shalom.